following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's talk, but no politics okay. Proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constance Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Excuse me, is this the line to listen to the new episode of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay on the BICBP Radio Network? Oh, it is? Okay, I hope it's not going to take too long. Um, do you know who's sponsoring them? Oh, I see it right there. Once again, for end of the month video game, last month I flew solo, and this month I got Matt back. Matt is back, and I'm, I'm excited for him to come back, because this is this topic that we're going to talk about, remakes and ports of video games, I think is very, I think it's a very touchy subject, don't you think, Matt? Uh, first and foremost, it is good to be back, my friend. Thank you for having me. And secondly, yeah, it's actually, uh, it. It is a very touchy subject for a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to see classic games get touched, retouched, so to speak, right? Movies, whether it be movies, whether it be video games, TV shows, they're a very touchy subject. I know you and Bryce just did recently did some, uh, you re-envisioned some, uh, some classic television shows, but, but yeah, it's, it's people get really defensive over games that, uh, uh, over they get remade and uh i i i completely understand it i'm one of those people <laughs> i know I, you are i am one of those people to the extent and i'm just gonna call it a state say it. i feel it's in almost in the same light as grading something i think maybe by upgrading it it takes away a little bit of the nostalgia factor but i'm pretty sure i've played remakes of newer games and i'm like okay this is cool uh, and it also might be in one of those same situations the, where the book is better than the movie. Hit book comes out. They're like, we're going to make a movie. And there's always that one friend, that one person that's like, you should have read the book. Right. Should have read the book. And that's kind of about how I feel with remakes is once I played the original, is the remake going to really be better? Yeah. Yeah. The, there's I, I'll, I'll be honest. I've, I've played. There's been very few remakes that I've I've played, a very select few that I was like, okay, this is truly better. Like it captures the energy and aura of this better than the original one. There's been very select few um, of those, and 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 yeah, you know, there's yeah, there, there's times where I can uh, 
where I'll see it. I'll try the new one and I just can't play it. I got to go back to the original one. I've done it countless times, countless times over the years. And uh, so, I mean, at least when I when I noticed that and I realized that that I'm open minded, like I'm not just oh newer is better like or, or older is better you know it's, it's kind of a combination of both but the, but a remake has to be uh it it has to in my opinion honor the first one but expand upon it and make it bigger right expand upon it you know make it a little bit bigger and there's there's one game that we'll talk about at some point today that i feel like absolutely hit that perfectly so yeah the first remake i probably ever played and I didn't really think of it as a remake at the time, is Super Mario Bros. All-Stars for the Super Nintendo. That's what it was for. I had to think for a minute. <laughs> and it was, it was cool, you know, the idea of all three Mario Brothers games being on one cartridge, playing it on the Super Nintendo with upgraded graphics seemed kind of cool to me then. And then I put it in and it some of the mario brothers didn't have the same feel so yeah yeah. all stars is a good one all stars is a really really good one from an analytical standpoint because that remake came very very quickly right it was it was one two three and then all stars i think dropped in 91 92 on the super nintendo and you know the play to me the playability was was there i play it occasionally i still think it's a pretty fun thing but man there's for me there's nothing better than that the, the original style graphics for some of those like super mario world leave it as is like it's super colorful and and i get it it looks cool looks amazing um but but yeah i i feel like it, it that was one of the ones that doesn't necessarily need to happen they could have just did a collection but i know i get what they were trying to do when they did that they were trying to show off what the super nintendo could do um you know, versus what, what the previous gen did. And, you know, I guess in a way it was smart. And I pretty much figured we're going to talk about this one is Final Fantasy VII. I've seen the differences between the two. Obviously, there's a huge difference graphic-wise. I've not played either one, as I've stated many times. I'm not a big Final Fantasy person. Right. So, but I know you probably played both of them. I have. Um, I, I really have. And you know what? The the remake, I have a, like a love-hate thing with it. it not, not so much hate, but I hate the, in, the, the thing that I do dislike about the Final Fantasy remake was the incompletion of the game. Did they give you a full video game experience? Absolutely. 100% they did. Um, you know, or... You know, they up, they upgraded it. You know, they gave you a full game experience for the remake, but it's only a certain portion of the story, which drove me nuts, especially a game that's been rumored and talked about for um, some time. And I, you know what I mean? Like, in, in with how massive certain games have been lately with like Skyrim and uh, I mean, Skyrim gets incredible. This new game, Elden Ring, is apparently pretty massive. Uh, the Grand Theft Autos are, are massive in size. And, I, you know, I got those are open world with, with various things. Uh, I was a little disappointed that we weren't getting the start to finish story of Final Fantasy VII when that came out. But um, but as far I mean, it, it did. It, it hit my like requirements of remaking a game. You took the original concept and I took it for what it was, that first portion uh, of the Final Fantasy VII story. You expanded upon it. You made it bigger. Obviously, the graphics improved. You had voice acting, the fighting system. Everything really improved. And 
you made it larger than life. And I, I really, I really do enjoy the final fantasy remake. It, it was, it hit at the right time, man. It just hit at the right time. Right when COVID, I mean, right when COVID broke out, uh, the, the pandemic and for that to drop, that was, I, I invested a lot of time in that. You feel a lot of this is, um, as we've probably talked about before, I've said it probably multiple times on the show. Do you think a lot of remakes are mis- are nostalgia grabs now? Like we can't think of an idea. So we're going to say, hey, guys, try and reinvent the wheel just to get somebody to buy it. Yeah, I I, I mean, I certainly I, I definitely agree with that. You know, and I'm a sucker for that sort of stuff. That's like, that's where I, I'm at. When it comes to video games, when I hear a remake, you know, if it's a classic game that I love, I gravitate towards it, no matter, you know, the potential or, or the potential good of it or not. Um, I, I really do because I'm closed. Like as far as like expanding my horizons, it takes a lot for me to pick up a game, you know, pick up a, a, a game of a new thing. Like, oh, wow, this this random game called um, like Elden Ring, for example, you know, it, it's it's. I, I don't know if it's connected to anything else, but this shows you how much I know about the newer stuff, but um, I'm least, I'm not as likely to pick that up because it's not a brand that I'm familiar with where like Resident Evil, they've, they've recently done a, an amazing job, uh, mostly amazing job of remaking a lot of those classic games that they, you know, they, they got their start with, they remade them and they upgrade upgraded them. And, and I, I enjoyed them. You know, I, I really, I, I, I gravitate. I'm like, okay, I'm getting that no matter what. So uh, there's definitely, you know, and I, I, you know, a, a lack of ideas on occasion, but it, it is, it, I mean, it's a nice money grab. If you do it right, if you do a remake correctly, the way it's supposed to be, it's um, you're setting yourself up for a very, very good, uh, <laughs> a very, very good, uh, you know, money day, so to speak. Yeah. I, I feel some of them are, I just, I, I do feel like a lot of them are cash grabs, kind of like you. And I could, I get a little suckerish for them myself. Uh, you mentioned Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4, I don't think I would ever buy a remake for that. But on the Oculus, I don't know if you consider that a remake, but that would be a port. I'd probably okay. put it in the port direction. Okay, a port. But that's absolutely amazing to be able to be just so submersive in that environment. I played Resident Evil on the Wii, which. I guess is like another version of it as well. So I've been semi-submersive with, you know, the Wii controller and everything else. Yeah. But that was absolutely amazing. The one remake that I think kind of just got to me and I felt like it tricked maybe some younger people into it is uh Pokemon let's go Pikachu or Eevee. Oh, I love that one. Oh, to me, I was like, I don't know. There were certain parts that I just didn't like. I did like the two-player aspect. That, that is neat. That was probably my favorite part, to be able to sit there and pull a controller out and my son and I play Pokemon or, or to actually play Pokemon to battle people and stuff like that. But I don't know. I felt like it could have been a different game in a way instead of you just having Eevee and and pikachu like it's or it's more of it's a remake of yellow i'm sorry yeah it's definitely a definitely a remake of yellow there's there's no doubt about that you see i don't know when for me like that game brought help i mean pokemon go definitely brought me back into pokemon but but i i for me the original like 150 was everything for me when it came to pokemon so to have that experience on the switch 
you know, a, a full-blown remake, open world, you know, pretty open world. The environments are better. The graphics are better. Uh, the battling is is fun. It's immersive. And to see that kind of just come back to life and uh, down the road, that they're going to expand on it. There's no doubt about it, but uh, it, there's probably going to be more remakes. But yeah, for me, I, I really enjoyed it. And again, it hit the it hit that criteria, you know, updated graphics, expand on what was. And the playability was fun and harmless and actually relatively easy. I've tried to get into some of these newer Pokemon games and I just can't. I can't like there's too many Pokemon and I always just end up gravitating towards, uh, you know, I always gravitate towards the original Pokemon in those newer games. So for me, for me, that was like that was a that was a no brainer. And that was, that was one of the reasons why I did end up getting a switch was was that game. Just to say the new Pokemon games, my favorite thing about them is that they share experience <laughs> that is that does help but they i mean they did that they did, my favorite they, thing. yeah they did do that in, you know and in, in let's go pikachu and eevee which i did really really enjoy it helps spread out it makes leveling up so much better easier less stressful it, see when it comes to a lot of the like you said with a lot of newer games i don't buy a lot of newer games and i've been just kind of waiting for them to come out on a collection right uh, I, I don't know if they're remakes per se, but it just seems like they might be because they're for a newer console. One I bought was the Bioshock collection. And I don't know the full Bioshock experience on PS3 to compare it to PS4. Right. So that's kind of one of those things. Uncharted. So I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Uncharted is one. And Kingdom Hearts. I think it was like a Kingdom Hearts collection a whole bunch all all of them up until three maybe so i can't decipher in other words i didn't read the book before i watched the movie so i can't decipher what's better but it just i did play the modern warfare one for for playstation 4 and i literally felt like it was the same game yeah i think that's the port aspect of i think i think that's just just because support they they re-release it like Grand Theft Auto, annoyingly. Grand Theft Auto, Resident Evil 4, Skyrim, um, a lot of those games, especially Grand Theft Auto 5, is horrendous with these re-releases. But, you know, they, they do that just to kind of put them on up, updated consoles, upgrade the graphics, you know, things like that. There really is no difference. To I mean, for me, like a, a really good remake is something that, you know, hasn't been... The, the original is, is very, very outdated. It, there's at least like a five to ten year gap so to speak in between or like at at least uh, actually i I don't even know how to say that well there's obviously a generational like a console generational upgrade because man the the very first resident evil game re the remake um when they redid it for the gamecube and they ported it over to a couple different consoles that thing was that was six years in between releases for that and that game is stunning like the, the remake is stunning compared to the original one you know, um, I think it's probably just a, like a graphics thing. And I know that the graphics are getting like closer and closer towards realism and they're, you know, it upgraded consoles have to really, really go into deep detail for things to be considered an upgrade, I think, at this point. But my God, yeah, it's uh, the generational thing is, a you know, is a big thing. You got to have you got to have the upgraded graphics are, are, are important, very important aspect to it. What was it? It was. Final Fantasy VII was what, PS1 or PS2? It was PS1. Came out in 90... I would think it came out in 97. Okay, so that... Yeah, that's a huge... That's three-generation gap. That's that, three. 
<laughs> but they were talking about this, making that remake back in 20. They've been talking about making that remake for a long time. That that was a that was a huge gap. Um, people have been clamoring for that one for a while. Uh, Resident Evil 2 was probably my favorite remake of all time. Resident Evil 2, when they remade made that one, I enjoyed the original Resident Evil game like tremendously. So uh, it's 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 a benchmark one for me and definitely ranks up there all time favorite games. But man, that remake, the the, the over the shoulder camera, the lifelike, the, the 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 lighting, everything was just perfect in it. And obviously the graphics were far, far superior. There's a three console generational gap between, you know, between all of those. Um, yeah, it's a thing of beauty. It is a thing of beauty, in my opinion. Now, uh, a flip side, like we said, ports. Um, you're, you are at the age. I know most younger kids today would not understand the arcade port to console. Right. How did you feel about that as a kid? Did you... When you played in the arcade, then all of a sudden you find out that it's out on Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, because you're you're still in that generation, Nintendo 64. I could I consider you still in that kind of generation. Just because it was probably one of the first systems you maybe had, or was a hand-me-down system? Uh Sega and the original Nintendo were kind of my first. Okay. So so yeah, I that was right in the middle of the, that was prime. That was that was prime arcade time. Yeah, that was definitely prime arcade port over. Now, did you really like any of the arcade ports or were you kind of like, this doesn't give me the arcade feel? I mean, when you're, I think when you're a kid and you're just happy to see some of these games in like your, you know, to be able to play them at home, it doesn't really affect you much. But man, when you're an adult and you, you look back, it's like, oh my God. This is so bad, right? Like, I mean, I remember, I remember again, Mortal Kombat, perfect example of, of arcade ports being very, very disappointing. You know, the, yeah, the ports to the, the major consoles being very disappointing. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, it, the, the graphics are severely, like, underwhelming. They've gotten some HD remakes and stuff, and they, they, a higher definition they, they've added to, you know, they've, they, they've spiced up the graphics a little bit. But even, like, the playability with, with MK from arcade to 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 snes and uh and, and sega you know the the blood code and stuff uh, nintendo didn't even have that option right you, you're excited you get the arcade port you know the, the mortal Kombat's finally coming to home consoles i don't have to spend all my quarters in an arcade to play it and you don't even get the full experience you know guys don't bleed they sweat and they dust comes out and their fatalities are not even fatalities it's just the same moves you can do, but oh, you know, Johnny Cage's shadow kick, but he just knocks somebody off screen, or you know, Sub Zero uppercuts somebody, and yeah, it's just it's not like that's it's depressing. Um, stuff like that, and and I mean, looking back too, this has been especially the early generations because arcade cabinets could do what home consoles couldn't do: higher processing power, the graphics, you know, chip. It was obviously superior to home console stuff at that time. Um, I mean, right. We all remember Pac-Man and that home port, right? I, I played the home port before on the actual Atari. That was one of the re- biggest reasons for the video game crash of the 19 of 1983 was because it wasn't a good port. It looked nothing like the original. It was terrible, poorly put together. And, you know, that's that's I think I mean, that's really why arcades died out. In my opinion is that home consoles could start doing things that arcades weren't adapting to, you know? Yeah. 
Definitely. Cause I remember my first big port that I was hyped up for was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. Yes. NES. Mm-hmm. Loved it. You know, played that in the arcade constantly. It's early nineties. Who, what kid doesn't love Ninja Turtles? If you didn't, then I don't know where you were in the world, but we, I, it's a good, it's a good port. But I didn't like the fact that they added extra levels and playing now that I can play them together, kind of, you know, to get a feel for both of them. Right. I feel the NES version is so much harder than the arcade version version of everything. I feel the the enemies are easier to take down in the arcade version where in the NES, you think the NES would be easier than the arcade because an arcade game is there for exactly what you said. Pump your quarters in, pump your quarters in, pump your quarters in. But this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade for the NES, was it, it just seems difficult. Unless you can master that jump slash type move. Right. You're like battling constantly with just enemies. But it's a pretty it's a pretty good port. Another one that I thought was going to be awesome because I played it in the arcade. And boy, was I wrong, was the Terminator 2, the arcade one. I don't know if you've ever played that. Yes, just the first person shooter one, right? Yeah, where you're kind of like a rail shooter. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a little bit better. But having a controller over a gun, <laughs> does. I can tell you there's just a huge difference in there. And I think that was one of the things that that was severely missing was having that light gun in the arcade compared to having your, you know, your Sega Genesis controller in just, you know, <laughs> moving around the thing. Another did they not do, did they not do the guns for, for that game? I don't think the menacer worked on that. Mm. I, if they did, I didn't have it. I never okay. had the menacer or what is that? Super scope six. Cause super scope six. And I think the menacer, you actually had to put batteries in them. Oh, it wasn't, I know Super Scope 6 you did because my friend had it and I was like, can we play it? He's like, no. He was that kid that had all the arcade or like all the video games, but never played them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. He wanted to go outside. What a loser. What a uh, nerd. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that was one of the things that I was missing. Now I lost my train of thought on what else I was going to say. <laughs> But yeah, it was, it, that was one of the things that it definitely was kind of missing. And then, oh, here you go. You want to talk about moral, you're a Mortal Kombat guy. I am. Yes. I'm street fighter all the way. And I think it's a Beatles Rolling Stones type thing. Star oh, Trek, for sure. Star, Star Trek, Trek, Star Wars. Yep. All that stuff. So you would normally have six buttons with street fighter. Okay, arcade, Super Nintendo. Then all of a sudden, because this is how old I am before the six button controller, you had three buttons to play Street Fighter. Yeah, that stunk. Which was absolutely, and I think you had to hit like start or something to switch it from the kicks and the punches. And I completely hated that. I only played Street Fighter on Super Nintendo from that point out because Sega actually didn't, it didn't look that bad on Sega, but. I'm not dealing with the whole three button type 
thing every time i want to throw a punch or anything else i mean oh i mean yeah six button when sega expanded the six button thing and this is i mean this is a common issue that they always had they were always a step ahead at the wrong time (laughs) (laughs) this is why sega ended up closing um or not closing but not producing consoles anymore but but you're right i mean when the sega video game consoles are expensive all right and sega genesis was was expensive for its time period um, you know, you invest time in, in getting controllers and making sure things work properly. And then all of a sudden your games don't, uh, you know, they're better when you, you have to buy a brand new controller for it. I mean, that, that's, this is what killed Sega. Literally they, all these expansion things that they end up doing for the Genesis, uh, just pissed people off. And it's like, why, why would I invest in your console? Because you're just going to add all this stuff down the road. Um, and I would have to buy it to get the full playing experience. But Street Fighter is a perfect example of that. Mortal Kombat is uh, Maximum Carnage is one that I love playing considerably. And it is terrible to play on three, it, three button, like six button all the way. It, it opens up so many doors for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, that that's a big factor in a lot of these things. Which one's going to have the more accurate and, and superior port? Uh, you know, back back in those days, that was a that was a very inf- important you know feature. Um, there's even like I mean, not it, Maximum Carnage aside, there's a lot of games that were like you know ported from you know Sega, you know from arcade to Sega to Nintendo, or they just released them on the two different consoles. Where I mean, I I grew up a Sega kid, but they're just far superior on Super Nintendo. Just everything, music playability, uh, a lot of different aspects. Here's another game that should just been left in the arcade, that just should never have been ported over, and just because it was an arcade hit is Afterburner. Afterburner. I don't think another one. You've never played it? I don't think so. I, I'm going to Google it right now. There's two different types of the arcade versions. There's the uh, just handheld stick. You got a throttle. and you, it, you It's basically like, hey, you want to play Top Gun without it being named Top Gun? Oh, you, this game. But you can see the plane. So there's the two aspects of, of that. But then there's the one where if you can find the arcade with it, it it's going to probably take four quarters at that time period. That when you turn to the right, it turned with you. Like it was complete. It was probably the closest thing to virtual reality video gaming in the arcade that I've ever f- actually felt. And if you got hit, you could, the, the uh, stick would vibrate and everything else and shake. It was very, and then once again, you get at home and you're like, oh, I love Afterburner. Afterburner is awesome. And you're just playing it on a controller and you're like, why didn't I just go play Top Gun? And that is one that I just feel should have just stayed in the arcade. Just 100%. Just never came out for a console, just stayed in the arcade. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, it's weird to think like games like that made that transition over to home consoles, but like Simpsons or... WWF WrestleFest, like those never got ported to home consoles, right? But there's a lot of ones that are just like crazy and and oh, they're they're insanely like you know good looking in the arcade, but they're just the the, the play is just poor for home. Um, I remember the Star Wars arcade game, the original one that that, that you know with the vector graphics. Yes. That was in the arcades. I, I played that at the Rochester Museum of Play like a decade ago. And when I got an Atari 2600, I went and, you know, I, I ordered it online and I was like, this is terrible. This is like, this looks horrible. And and it's, it's one, again, it's one of those that should have just stayed 
in the arcade. There are certain games uh, that you, I, I think, again, it is mostly on that older generation. They they didn't know, um, you know, they, they, they really had no idea about, you know, video, truly understand video game business at the time. But, uh, oh, it's so bad. It, it's it's so bad. But, you know, just, just leave that experience. Like you have to, certain things have to, you know, have to be in play for, you know, these games to work and make sense you know, at a home console place and, and just consoles weren't that strong yet. They just weren't there. Like Donkey Kong is Donkey Kong just looks like a brown turd. If you play it on a 2600, that's, that's all he is, is a brown turd. Oh yeah, dude. It looks really good. It looks really good. I, I play it on the switch. They got the switch arcade mm-hmm. and, uh, or it's not like an arcade, but you can play older games on it and it looks, it looks, it's arcade. Perfect. It's it's 100% arcade perfect um, where it's like where it is now. And it's oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love damn NBA jam on all of them. My, yeah. One giant gripe that I had was there was no shack. <laughs> <laughs> so but other than that, they were all perfect. I think I, that's probably one of the most perfect ones. That golden axe was a really good port. I'm not going to not golden axe. Yeah, they were. That was that was fine. Here's one that I played in the arcade, and I just recently, I guess you could say, I played on a console, um, kind of through emulation, but I really enjoyed because I only ever played in the arcade was Crazy Taxi. I think both of those worked out 100 percent fine for me. Yeah, no, the Crazy Taxi was a good one because again, the era that it came out, right? That's the era it came out where Dreamcast was was capable of putting arcade perfect graphics, so that worked. That worked fine. Um, you know, yeah, Crazy Taxi was a really good port. But yeah, what, what that, again, that's that's right when the arcades are starting to die because you can find the, the same quality game at home where I'm more keen to if, you know what I mean, I'm more keen to play a Mortal Kombat in the arcade because of what, you know, just everything it looked like. You know what I mean? So I think it's kind of like the same thing with the arcade is too. also with the remakes is a little bit more of a nostalgia feel. In a way, it's kind of like playing. Um, I have a retro pie, and it's like playing. Uh, and I pretty much use a PS2 controller to play. And right. it's kind of weird playing a lot of NES games with that controller compared to when I actually play on my little, you know, when I actually play with an NES controller. So I think it has to do with some nostalgic feel as well. Brings you back to kind of a better time and in video gaming history no most most certainly so and that, that's the biggest reason why i play some of those arcade I, I do i do like the old graphics but um in a lot of instances and, and stuff the old time feel of all that but yeah it's just uh yeah uh, back then when you're looking for something like now everybody's climbing back to nostalgia climbing back to the old days but back then when you're looking for something new <laughs> and crazy cool uh it just it just wasn't it just was not it I, I get what you're saying. Like back then it was, let's push the limits. And now it's like, Hey, do you remember this purest eight bit form? Or <laughs> like I said, when Donkey Kong looked like a brown turd and let's play ET, even though it's absolutely terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Oh boy. That's, that's a fun one. That's a fun one right there. So if you could pick a game that you played when you were younger, let's say you get you, somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey Matt, Let's hear a game that you would like to see remade and a game that in, our, in an arcade game that never had a port. 
which which two would you choose? You know, one to remake, one to port. Hmm. Can to be remade. Well, I mean, I've talked about it before. I, th- I think there's one that fits in perfectly, and it. Oh, it's oh. So wait, wait, any game, any game to be remade? Any game, just uh, uh, unless it's already been kind of remade. All right. Well, the one that I really desperately want, there's like a, there's actually two, um, and they're both Rockstar game. It's it's Manhunt and the Warriors. I feel like uh, Manhunt was, you know, obviously it's a little bit newer, PS2 era, Xbox, you know, stuff like that. But um, it came out in a time, you know, in a time where people weren't ready for that that level of violence and stuff. And now like that violence is widely accepted. And I think you can remake it with all the blood and gore that you, you know, that, that with the original one, obviously looking better and expand on a lot of these features and not really like take away from it. And the warriors I've always wanted to see like an, a very open world game to it. Like that, like in like where you have to take the train to go to a certain place to do a mission, uh, you know, stuff like that. But as far as if, if I had like one, older generation one you know like even older than that you know maximum carnage i i loved but they won't do it because the story isn't relevant anymore um you know it came out at the perfect time for side scroll and beat em up 2d games essentially so that's one and then one that i would like to see get a poor i that x i know you have it <laughs> um but that x-men arcade game that's a, that's a that's i mean that one's stellar that's a fantastic little. Uh, that's a fantastic game. And Mar- actually, Marvel versus Cap. Oh no, Marvel vs. Capcom did come out two games, but it's so expensive. Uh, yeah, MVC two is very very expensive. But no, X Men X Men uh, the arcade game definitely. Or it's easy because, like you said, you got the X Men the arcade game, and I like to see the Simpsons actually come to a console. I I agree. I don't think it ever will. Sadly, and for I don't know why that would be a mega seller. Oh. They just did. They just did the arcade thing. The the one up arcades. They they've done that very recently. I think they should do a little cartridge thing with that. <laughs> like, you can buy this for this, like for the five hundred dollars, or we can sell you the cartridge for fifty bucks. And I guarantee a lot more people will buy the cartridge for fifty bucks. But that's neither here nor there. A game that you know that I like to see get remade. They kind of already did it. I was thinking the GI Joe game for NES, the first one, but they kind of already did that in a way on PS4. Right. Ah, man. So many good ones that I just played. I would like to see. No, they did Streets of Rage. Damn it. I'm trying to think. Wow. Pretty much everything I used to play that, that I really enjoyed. They, they remade. I actually would like to see a Super Star Wars remake. That whole series. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever touch. I don't know. See, I don't know about that. I'd like. I mean, I understand why you'd want to see one. I feel like that one just like it. That one's like the perfect two D game. I'd like to see that. Uh, they kind of already did Rogue Squadron, but I think I'd like the Nintendo sixty four version of Rogue Squadron to come out again. Like the one for that they came out with. It has a story and everything else, but I think I'd like the bare bones Star Wars story that the original Rogue Squadron had. Yeah. Though Shadows of the Empire, that was a great one on Nintendo 64. Just Star Wars wise is just popping in my head. That would be awesome to see a remake done too. I don't know if they've done it, but but once again, that's another one where the story's kind of non-existent anymore. Because yeah, Disney was like, nope. 
What's the name? Dash Rendard? Dash Rendard didn't exist. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's all. Well, it's, it, there's a possibility. They are re-releasing uh, Force Unleashed this week, and that's considered Legends now. So, Oh. They are re-releasing, I think, on the, uh, on the Switch, maybe a couple of the other consoles. I, I don't know. I'll have to go scoop it out. But, yeah, that was a great one. Yeah, that, There's a lot of good Star Wars games out there, but there's... The Super Star Wars was fun. I I think it was just a little bit more tweaks. I think if you could kind of leave the 2D in a way, even though it would be kind of not remaking it, but certain levels could probably look a little bit better, I think, in a way. I wish, I wish they would take the approach like Lego, they do with Lego, about doing like a full like game. But I get it. It's kind of hard if you don't do it in a goofy way. Mm-hmm. Now I, I feel like Super Star Wars hit at the right time, you know, to be able to kind of do what they did, and and you know what I mean, fighting all these little scorpion things and, and little monsters and and whatnot in the desert of Tatooine. When it didn't happen, the movie people like, I don't think that works. It definitely doesn't work. I don't think it works now because I, you know, there's a lot of movie release games. You've played a lot of movie games, yeah. right? And a lot of them are disappointing because it's like, oh wow, this didn't happen in the movie. I think for a lot of people that didn't have, you know, but two with 2D, you label it Super Star Wars where you're expanding upon it and all this crazy, you know, cool stuff. And people like they they were excited back then. But nowadays, I, you know, some of the those games, if they're not just like the movie, they're not great. And, it, you know, there's a whole production thing, too, when it comes to that, where it's not worth making movie games. I don't feel. But if they if they redid Super Star Wars very carefully, it'd have to be very uh, particular. Uh, you, you can upgrade the graphics. Wouldn't I hate the side scrolling beat them up in like a 3D version? Like, I think that would be kind of neat. That'd probably be the best way to open something like that up. Just, uh, craziness. And everybody was excited for Super Star Wars because if you've ever played Star Wars on NES, <laughs> this was a, it was a much bigger improvement than having to roll around in a speeder half of the game and then find certain things and find your lightsaber than what what super star wars was right but thank you for coming on and doing this episode with me any of course you want to plug no just our network uh you know like normal bicbp-radio.com we have uh several new shows in the works to uh to be starting up soon so uh network is expanding i know we've lost a couple people over the years but uh now, over the last few months, it, you know, people kind of coming and going, essentially, but we're supposed to expand. We're supposed to get a lot more new podcasts, which is really exciting. So make sure you check out the website to, to be ready for any new ones. BICBP-radio.com. Yeah, please, please check it out. Check out, you know, I have a ton of shows. Actually, I don't really anymore, which is nice. Um, but there's a lot of other great shows on our network, too, that I I'd highly advise you to check out. A little something for everybody. Also, remember to check out new episodes of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and go check out the Let's Talk But No Politics Okay Facebook page and YouTube channel for great content as well. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. (laughs) 